Okay, welcome back to Health Span. For the first time in the history of this podcast, I will not be discussing a book. Instead, while I wait for Peter Tia's new book to come out on March 28th, I thought I'd do a comprehensive review of metformin. I have definitely talked about metformin in the past, but in this episode and the following episode, I thought I'd take a deeper dive. I found this paper that came out in March of 2022 titled Metformin in Aging and Aging-Related Diseases. It's by Chen et al., And in this episode, I'll discuss specifically how metformin affects different aging-related diseases like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and also dementia. And in the following episode, I'll discuss again specifically how metformin affects the hallmarks of aging. Metformin is the most widely used anti-diabetic drug and has been reported to delay aging and display protective effects on the various aging-related diseases via impacting all the hallmarks of aging. Aging is broadly defined as an irreversible and inevitable biological process. Now, many different aging researchers would argue with the statement. For example, David Sinclair would say aging is actually reversible and it's not really necessarily inevitable. And it's really characterized by a progressive deterioration of the social, physical, and mental conditions of the individual organism with advancing chronological age. Aging, again, is one of the main risk factors in the occurrence of many of these diseases. And we we know now that we can use metformin to target aging and all the aging-related diseases. Metformin, it's derived from the medicinal herb called French Lilac Gallica Officinalis. It is a drug that has been around for the longest time. In fact, all the way back in 1772, Gallica officinalis, again, the herb that metformin is derived from, was recommended by this guy, John Hill, to treat symptoms of diabetes. And in 1957, French physician John Stern pursued this antihyperglycemic property and first reported the application of metformin in the treatment of diabetes. So this drug has been around for the longest time. 1950s, it started to be used as this anti-diabetic drug. And currently, Metformin has now become the first-line medicine to treat type 2 diabetes, and recent numerous studies using different cell lines and model organisms have demonstrated that metformin has a great potential to really slow aging and alleviate aging-related diseases by targeting key molecules related to aging. Now, we do have this TAME trial coming out with by near Barzilay, and if you want more in-depth analysis of what the TAME trial is, and what it's composed of, I highly recommend you check out my book by Nir Barzilay called Age Later. There I go more into in-depth about the TAME trial. But for now, I wanted to stick to metformin, and again, how it affects the different aging-related diseases. So just to skip ahead, he goes into the pharmacokinetics of metformin, how it gets absorbed, how it gets taken up into the cell, the different side effects. I'm going to skip that for now and really just emphasize and go one by one into how it affects these different aging-related diseases. The first one he talks about is the degenerative uh, skeletal diseases. This encompasses things like osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, and the degenerative disc disease. So these are the major skeletal diseases that affect us as we get older. We know someone who is 13, 14 they don't really get osteoporosis. They don't really get osteoarthritis. It's really a disease of older age. 
in a lot of wear and tear. So osteoporosis is an important metabolic bone disease, which is again associated with diabetes. And clinical cohort studies showed that metformin treatment was associated with a lower rate of osteoporosis and a lower risk of fracture in diabetic patients compared with those who did not receive metformin treatment. Now, the mechanism is still a little bit unclear, but it probably has to do something with the inhibition of bone resorption. So resorption is when calcium and different minerals from the bone go back into the blood, and this creates really weak bones. And we know that metformin actually inhibits that process of bone resorption, and it also stimulates the bone formation in the trabecular meshwork of, of the bone. And that's really the mechanism of the osteoporosis effect. And in terms of osteoarthritis, osteoarthritis is just inflammation in the, in the bone. And it's really characterized by increasing of senescent cells and also the expression of different inflammatory mediators. We know in osteoarthritis, it's all about inflammation. And we know that, again, this is the mechanism by which metformin works to attenuate that osteoarthritis process. In a paper that he discusses here, metformin in a preclinical evidence showed that metformin plays a role in the treatment of osteoarthritis due to its anti-inflammatory and skeletal regulatory effects. Animal studies showed that metformin protected articular cartilage by activating AMPK, the AMPK pathway, and delayed the onset and progression of osteoarthritis and reduce the osteoarthritis kind of related pain sensitivity in injury uh, induced osteoarthritis models. So osteoarthritis, it's really terrible pain in the joints or the bones. And we know that, you know, it helps reduce this inflammation in the bone and also likely clears out the senescent cells in the bone. And for this reason, it likely improves the osteoarthritis that people tend to feel. Now, I talked about this pain sensitivity in the rodents. I don't know how they specifically measure the pain sensitivity in the rodents, but for somehow it showed that it reduced the pain uh, in these uh, mice models. Now, the, the last disease I wanted to talk about was the intervertebral disc. So I talked about osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, and now the intervertebral disc disease. So metformin was shown to improve the model of punctuated induced disc degeneration in rats and also reduced local uh, mechanical hyper, hyperalgesia, possibly by inhibiting the cellular senescence and again, inflammatory response in the, the nucleus pulposus and annulus fibrosis of the, of the disc. So again, through activation of the AMPK pathway, we get lowering of this different inflammatory response. And also we inhibit the cellular senescence that occurs within the bone. And in addition to osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, and IVDD, preclinical studies indicate that metformin plays a, a beneficial role in the treatment of other degenerative skeletal diseases, things like rheumatoid arthritis and also periodontitis. So a lot more work needs to be done, but for now we know it somehow affects the different skeletal diseases that are associated with aging. So how about the cardiovascular disease? The leading, so cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in the world, and growing evidence from a number of studies suggests that metformin actually has a protective a, a effect against 
cardiovascular disease. So there's a study by Sardu et al. that reported that metformin reduced the risk of coronary heart disease by reducing coronary endothelial dysfunction. Moreover, metformin attenuated the early progression of coronary plaques in men with diabetes. So a lot of heart disease and a lot of diseases related to the vascular system always begins with endothelial cell dysfunction. And we know metformin helps improve endothelial cell dysfunction. And again, this is likely where the cardiovascular benefits are coming from. Metformin has also been shown to reduce the myocardial oxygen consumption and also decrease the, like the left ventricular mass and also the blood pressure and also reduce the oxidative stress. So we get less of the left ventricular mass, we get less oxidative stress, less oxygen consumption. Basically, our heart does not need to pump or work as hard as it normally does as we get older when we take metformin. So this is likely the mechanism. And again, a lot of these studies that I'm citing, they were done in rodent models. Some of them were done in human models, but a lot of them done were done in either a mouse model, some sort of animal model, or a petri dish. So take a lot of these studies with a grain of salt, but remember that there's a lot of evidence backing this up. Now, preclinical studies show that the protective effect of metformin on the cardiovascular system is based on its multiple effects on the vascular endothelial cells, as I mentioned, but also the smooth muscle cells and also lipids and chronic systemic inflammation. For example, metformin was reported to improve the function of vascular smooth muscle cells by inhibiting inflammation, contraction, proliferation, and calcification. So again, like the skeletal diseases, the studies on metformin and its effect on the cardiovascular uh, system needs to be explored a lot more. For now, I wanted to move on to the neurodegenerative diseases, things like Alzheimer's, Huntington's disease, Parkinson's disease, etc., so metformin, again, in a large meta-analysis revealed that patients with type 2 diabetes using metformin displayed a reduced risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Similarly, results from a prospective observational study supported the notion that metformin slows cognitive decline in old patients with diabetes. So now we're looking at actual patients. We're looking at prospective studies showing how, and also meta-analyses, showing how metformin affects the different neurodegenerative diseases and is showing a positive, you know, beneficial impact. Now, in this article, he doesn't go specifically into the mechanism, but if you quickly search, you know that metformin has a neurogenesis role. It actually in in increases the number of neurons. It also has this improvement of mitochondrial dysfunction of function in the cell, so more more mitochondrial functioning in the brain. We know metformin also decreases the tau phosphorylation and also prevents the amyloid accumulation in the brain. This is likely through the ABK pathway activating autophagy and help clear out some of these tangles and plaques. And again, we know metformin also inhibits inflammation in the brain, so reduces the neuroinflammation. And you can quickly look up yourselves all these studies. I'll, I'll leave this paper by the way, in the episode description, if you want to read the full paper. But just know now that metformin has a positive effect on the brain, likely through improving the mitochondria, increasing neurogenesis, 
decreasing the phosphorylation and uh, the tau phosphorylation and beta amyloid, and also again reducing the inflammation in the brain. I wanted to move on to the next disease, the second greatest killer of Americans after heart disease, which is cancer. So specifically breast and colon cancer. How does metformin affect the breast and colon cancer? So a study by Bottomer et al. showed a reduced risk of breast cancer in women with type 2 diabetes by long-term metformin use. Metformin reduced the serum level of estradiol in patients, which is the possible mechanism by which metformin helped uh, resist breast cancer development in these women. And in terms of colorectal cancer, metformin was shown to kind of reshape the methylation profile of colon cancer, which may contribute to its anti-colon cancer effects. Now, it's important to note that metformin exerts its anti-cancer effect mainly by impeding the tumor cell proliferation. It helps block the tumor cell cell cycle progression. It also prevents the genomic instability and also helps induce the apoptosis process, so really destroying and blowing up the cancer cells. And it also has a huge impact on the cellular energy metabolism. So metformin, it's been now shown and and kind of agreed upon that metformin really reduces the insulin signaling through these PI3K and RAS pathway and also activates AMP kinase. So when AMP kinase gets activated, we inhibit a lot of the downstream signaling of mTOR and also AKT. Uh, these are kind of the signaling pathways that allow for, you know, cell cycle progression and cancer growth. So when AMP kinase becomes activated, we inhibit these downstream signaling of mTOR and AKT and stop the cell cycle progression and, of course, uh, of cancer cells. So cancer cells cannot divide uh, as readily as, as before. Now, the next kind of aging-related disease is obesity. Now, this is ironic because, you know, people in their thirteen in their teens are now becoming obese. But aging, um, you know, we tend to become more obese, and also our metabolism again after the age of sixty really tends to slow down. So, and also there's a lot of other diseases related to obesity, like uh, fatty liver and uh, diabetes. And metformin has been shown to help with all these. So a study by Geerling et al. reported that metformin prevented obesity in mice by promoting the metabolic activity of mitochondrial-rich brown adipose tissue. So we know we have white adipose tissue and brown adipose tissue. And in brown adipose tissue, uh, we have more mitochondria. We also have activation of the uncoupling protein. This again will help improve the glucose homeostasis. It also increases adiponectin levels. So adiponectin is a positive uh, adipokine that has a lot of you know beneficial effects to us. And in met in addition, metformin was reported to regulate the intestinal microbiota and also prevent obesity caused by rats who were eating a high fat a high fat diet. So I mentioned previously, um, even in the previous podcast, how metformin actually increases acromantia and how acromantia is this beneficial microbe that really helps um, activate GLP and activate this uh, uncoupling protein and helps prevent against obesity. So metformin likely through this intestinal microbiota really helps prevent obesity in those 
rats that were really fed this high-fat diet. As an anti-hyperglycemic agent, metformin plays an important role in regulation of glucose metabolism. So metformin inhibits gluconeogenesis in the liver. That's how its anti-diabetic effect works. It inhibits gluconeogenesis in the liver. Results from a lot of studies reveal that metformin exerts its hypoglycemic effect through activation of AMPK. So AMPK gets activated, we inhibit gluconeogenesis. Now we know this is the way it works because there was a study by Zhao et al. that showed that metformin activated AMPK in hepatocytes or liver cells uh, in high fat diet fed mice with liver uh, selective deletion of AMPK subunits showed an increase in their blood glucose level when they were treated with metformin. In other words, this is a knockout study. So they deleted the genes and the subunits of AMPK. And when those genes were deleted, we saw that gluconeogenesis was not able to occur. And the aftermath effect is that they became hyperglycemic. So we kind of know that this is the mechanism by which metformin works through inhibiting or inhibiting the gluconeogenesis process. These studies, I'll read it as he as he says it here. These studies support a mechanism through which metformin exerts its hypoglycemic effect through the activation of this liver kinase B dash AMPK pathway. And again, more studies need to be done on this on this topic. And in addition to its important role in glucose metabolism in the liver, metformin also plays a role in other organs as well. So metformin was actually shown to reduce or relocate the GLUT transporter. So GLUT is the main transporter that allows glucose to get uptaken into the cells of different organs. And there's a study showing how metformin actually relocates the GLUT2 transporter and allows more glucose uptake into the intestine. And there was a study by Lin et al. that reported that metformin actually improved fatty liver, reversed steatosis, and abnormal transaminases. And also another study by Kika et al. reported that metformin actually prevented and reversed the steatosis of non-alcoholic steatohepatitis in these different um, you know, mouse models. Um, so this this is truly fascinating. Metformin actually inhibits the the fat formation in the liver, so it prevents the fatty liver. And again, this is this is so important to note because fatty liver is sort of driving the it's sort of beginning the cascade of insulin resistance. We get formation of fat um, in our liver and then our pancreas, and then we become insulin resistant. So it's really ideal to take metformin to really prevent this kind of NASH, the non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, and all this inflammation that goes on in our, our liver can be really modulated with metformin. So I'm going to end the podcast here, and I kind of went over quickly how metformin affects everything from cardiovascular disease to skeletal diseases to um, you know cancer and obesity and obesity-related diseases, and a lot of times in the health industry, medications or some sort of supplement comes out and it sounds too good to be true. And for the most part, things that do come out tend to be too good to be true, especially when the person who or the company that 
comes out with the medication states that it affects this and this and this. Now, the problem is metformin has been around for so long. And in now, just this past couple of decades, we're seeing how it really does affect all the different hallmarks of aging and also all these aging related diseases. So I don't personally believe that metformin is too good to be true. I think it's the real deal. I think anyone who is pre-diabetic or diabetic should be on this drug. And even if you're into the anti-aging industry, you know, you might want to even consider taking metformin yourself. Now, again, always consult with your doctor, learn about the side effects and, and all that stuff. But I think metformin is a real deal. There's a lot of studies, both in humans and mouse models, that metformin affects, you know, the, the aging process. So how is it possible that metformin affects all these different things? Because it targets aging. It targets the aging process and all the hallmarks of aging. And this kind of goes back to the theme of, of health span. And, and if you read, you know, Lifespan by David Sinclair, this is the whole theme. Aging is the kind of like the number one thing that's causing uh, all these, all these diseases like heart disease and cancer and diabetes. It's really the aging process. So if we can use a drug that affects or targets aging, you know, we, we might be able to slow all these diseases at once. And this is really the goal. So in part two, I'll focus again how metformin affects all the hallmarks of aging and go into more detail and more mechanisms of how that works. So I hope you learned something about metformin. I hope you consider possibly using it, of course, with your own discretion. Uh, but for now, uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you tune in next week for part two of this paper.